Hello, listeners. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Minnesota State University's uh, Mankato's uh, Family and Parent Orientation Podcast. We're uh, thrilled that you're joining with us, uh, joining us again for another episode. Um, by my count, it's number 10 or 11, so we've, we've had a bunch now. It's pretty exciting that we're able to continue to share some of our various campus experts with you or getting us um, sharing, giving some updates related to the pandemic, how it's impacting us right now. But most importantly, what are the plans for the fall um, in various areas? And so I'm excited about today's topic. Uh, this is an area kind of dear to my heart because I used to work in it myself. Um, but we are joined today by our assistant director in student activities, uh, John Bullcock. And John, I probably already messed up your title, so I'll let you clean that up here momentarily. But um, John uh, is a great ally here at the university. He and I work together in advising student government. Um, and then he does a lot of other things with off-campus Greek life, but I'll let him share the details and such. John, thanks for joining us today. Sure, thanks, David. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome, awesome. So how are you getting through the pandemic yourself? Are you... Uh, developed any new habits or, or things that have worked well for you? You know, I still, I try to focus on physical wellness, get out for walks a lot, because that's something that you can still do. Uh, and then also I try to keep a, a, as normal of a routine as I can. So in a time that's not normal, any sense of normalcy helps. So that's kind of where I am with it. So yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Well, that's good to hear. Good to hear. Yep. So John, share with us, why don't you officially give your title and then how long have you been at MSU and why do you like working here? Sure. Uh, well, you actually got my title right. I am the Assistant Director of Student Activities. Uh, and then um, if we go on with that, it's, it's for fraternity and sorority life. So uh, the I do several things in my role. I've been here for 12 years and uh, my role has evolved a little bit, but the things that are maintained, uh, I coordinate the off-campus housing program. So I work as the liaison to off-campus property managers and the neighborhood associations and, and uh, city council. I work with them on stuff and things like that. Uh, I also um, I'm the advisor for fraternity and sorority life. That is about 80% of my responsibility on campus. That's where uh, most of my time and effort is focused, is, is uh, providing advice and guidance to our uh, seven fraternities and five sororities and their governing organizations. Um, I get to meet a lot with the uh, major student leaders within those organizations. So the community leadership, the chapter presidents, um, that's who I get to spend a lot of my time with. Uh, I also am, as you mentioned, the, one, the advisor to student government. So I work with that organization um, on their initiatives that are uh, impactful for students here on campus. And then uh, also during the fall semesters, I teach a, a first year seminar class actually for students at the university. So um, uh, those are some of the hats I wear. And, and like I said, I've been here 12 years and uh, best things about my job, I get, to, I get to know some of these students better than anybody else on campus. Um, I, uh, very much value the personal relationships I get with these student leaders. Um, uh, a lot of the conversations we get to have are pretty darn real. Um, I get to see them when they're uh, celebrating their best moments and when they're trying to figure out some of their not so best moments. So um, uh, I really value that personal connection. And then also I've got a great network of colleagues across campus. Um, the people here care about the students. Um, they listen to them. Um, they want to help them succeed. Uh, that's why we're here. So those are the best parts of my job. Wow, that's that's a lot of good parts of your job. So, that's yeah. <laughs> you know, I, today's main topic is uh, about Greek life, but you you mentioned first year seminar, and that's not come up in our our earlier um, uh, podcast. And I've talked with academic affairs or, or first year student office. Can you in thirty seconds kind of describe what that what that class is? 
Sure, a first year seminar class is basically, uh, the way I summarize it for people is it's an intro to the university class and an intro to being a college student. And so um, it really helps students transition into the university, um, introduces them to success tips, um, strategies, resources that are available to them across campus. Um, uh, and it also puts them in a room with people who are experiencing the same things they are. So uh, I think it's a, a valuable tool, especially um, with uh, orientation having been virtual this year and some students not having been able to, to personally connect with some of those resources will help do that in, in these classes. So uh, it's a, a group of 30 students and uh, that really sets them up for success and helps them uh, have a good first semester. Excellent. That's great. And a student, my understanding is a student can learn more about that or sign up for it just by talking with their advisor. And uh, we offer sure, yeah, dozens of those sections here at the university for our first year new students. And so yep. uh, if you're listening um, as a new incoming student or family member, it's, it's definitely a great course to uh, include within your first year here so you can maximize um, your learning experience. So, But that's not why we're here today. That's a good thing. But um, we're, we're here to talk about Greek life. You know, um, a lot of people have uh, um, some understanding. Some of our listeners, parents might be members of Greek organizations themselves, um, maybe on a different campus or this campus, and, and every campus is a little bit different. And I thought it would be really useful to kind of give a snapshot of what it's like here at Mankato State and, and really get an understanding of what our Greek system is, how long it's been around, and um, and what, what, how has it changed from the spring to what we might be looking forward to this fall? But before I do that, I know you shared a little bit about what you do in your overall job sense. Related to Greek life, can you kind of give us a better snapshot of, of day in and day out, what, what your role is working with those uh, male fraternities and female sororities? Sure. Uh, I, like I said, I get to work most closely with the leaders of the organizations. The community is about 500 members strong, and uh, I work with the core group of about 30 of them who are those those council officers and those chapter presidents. Uh, and we focus on a little bit of everything from uh, the basics of running your organization and dealing with different people um, to leadership development programs. We try to uh, offer the opportunity to enhance the leadership skills of our, of our members. Um, and so we focus on those programs. Um, we focus on safely manage the organizations and the events that they host. Um, and we also do a lot of service-oriented stuff. So a lot of it's event planning and helping the students to actually set up the things that they do. Um, and it's a learning experience for them. So I don't do it for them. I guide them and help them figure it out. So um, that's, that's, that's my role. My role is not to do their planning for them. It's to uh, help them be successful at planning um, and, and dealing with the different people that they're gonna encounter. So um, a lot of it's providing that advice and guidance. And, if I have to, I step in and, and uh, am more directed, but uh, we want these students to, to govern and, and uh, uh, organize their own experience. Mm -hmm. It makes a ton of sense. I, I often uh, reference, uh, we're, we're learning organization here at the university. People come here to learn about a, a specific discipline, biology, chemistry, engineering, how to be a pilot, whatever it might be. Um, and, but you know, as well as I do, that so much other learning also occurs outside the classroom. Well, you might learn the specifics on takeoff and landing if you're a pilot, and we really want you to, to master that. <laughs> um, but as well as the interpersonal skills that you can develop. And, and I myself was a, a active in a Greek organization during my undergraduate time and, and um, know that the importance of those skill set that you can develop in engaging with your peers and conversations, dialogue, disagreements, that those are transferable skills. So no matter Absolutely. what you're going to do in any career field, the ability to interact with others in a really healthy way and um, be able to organize your thoughts and get them across in a co cogent way. 
super helpful, um, to say the least. And, and so yeah, the soft skills are really big, and these students learn it in these organizations, and they uh, we see them utilize it in other areas across campus too. So uh, as you mentioned, they are very transferable. Yeah, we've had um, really a rich history of our Greek leaders um, being leaders within student government, um, mm -hmm. whether as a senators or even as student body president over years. And and so um, that again, that's kind of another hallmark of of seeing how that leadership skill set can be used and everything. I love referring to everything we kind of do outside the classroom as, as a learning laboratory, because this is the time where students can make the mistake. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and it's a safe environment to try that and like, oh, I tried this argument that didn't work. Let me try something else. And, and whatever it might be that that's really the opportunity to hone a lot of skills. So it's exciting to uh, kind of see these young adults as they mature through their first year, early years through their senior year and, and that leadership skill set. We are in the midst of a pandemic, uh, as we, we talked about briefly before we, we started recording here today. You know, we had to make a massive pivot early in the spring semester from in-person activities to online and virtual. How did the Greek system adjust and how did it go? Sure, as we had to spin on a dime. I mean, the students were away on spring break when everything kind of hit the fan here. Uh, and I was away as well when decisions were being made and stuff like that. So I get back to a totally different environment as well and so uh, but these organizations they uh, took it in stride um, we didn't have answers to every question and they quickly realized that but that we were, were going to work together to find stuff out and do the best that we could um, so the organizations uh, everything kind of came to a halt and then uh, about a week uh, a week into the the return um, we started meeting virtually again, um, setting things up so that the organizations could continue to communicate with their members, um, with us. Um, and so most of the organizations continued to meet virtually. Um, Zoom has been a great tool for that. Um, they were in guidance from the university. We were providing uh, advice. We were working with advisors. Um, the headquarters were great to work with as well. They were providing resources to the students. Uh, and so uh, the students adapted really, really well um, to that. I mean, granted, there were some things, uh, in-person events that um, didn't happen uh, as they had been planned for. Um, and so there was some adaptation and some elimination there of some programs. But by and large, these groups exist to help foster a connection between human beings, and they continue to do that. They saw that uh, as an important thing that they do. Um, I've, I've told them and I've told others, uh, fraternities and sororities have existed uh, in the United States for more than 200 years. And for an organization to last that long, they have to be able to adapt to, uh, to change and difficulty. And so I think we've demonstrated that again, that these organizations can, can do that. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, this is a terribly horrible disruption, but I mean, we've had polio issues yeah. early in the 1900s. We've had world wars, other disruptions, right? Absolutely. They've Absolutely. been around yeah. a long time. Yep. These groups, uh, these groups have been here in the United States for over 200 years on our campus for over 60 now. Um, and so uh, again, they're resilient. Um, they can adapt to changing times um, and uh, their, their membership stays strong and loyal and connected. So that's something that has helped as well. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I'm married to an alum of, of a chapter of ours, so I know the, the passion that continues with our alums, so it's always nice to hear um, the continued support of, of both energy and their time, and then their, their gifts, their financial gifts and support, and, and so that's always appreciated. Right. You know, you, you talked a little bit about the strengths of the organizations continue to adapt. How did students do in the classroom who are the Greeks? 
How did you they know? Do? You know, they blew me away. The uh, in the twelve years I've been here, I've never seen a GPA as high as um, the chapters and the community experience this past spring. Um, so this, the organizations typically uh, perform. Uh, at a, le a level slightly higher than the all student average anyway. Um, and this spring they did very, very well. I mean, um, we have a academic success program called Pi for Pi where there's, we recognize those who achieve a 3.14 GPA or higher. And um, we, we're gonna have a record number of recipients this coming, uh, this coming fall uh, based on academic GPA and, and our community performed very well too. Um, well above a 3.0 as a community for uh, a GPA, and that's that's strong performance for them. So, um, they they their academic lives changed, their personal lives changed. They weren't here physically, but yet they still succeeded. And uh, I think juggling all of that is a is a strong testament to our students' abilities. Wow! Yeah, I, I did. Uh, that's unbelievable. Um, that's great, and and uh, yeah, kudos to you as well as the support that you could provide them in, in that area. Yeah. I know one of the hallmarks of the spring semester also is the dance marathon. Mm -hmm. um, how did that go this year? I can't, I don't remember. Was that right before this ha all happened? Actually, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was, it took place about three weeks before the spring break time uh, came. Uh, our dance marathon on campus is known as Mavathon here. Uh, it continues to be the largest in the state of Minnesota. It's the largest student run philanthropic event on campus and it raised uh, uh, over $25,000 for Children's Miracle Network in our local hospital, Gillette. Um, so that organization has continued to grow. Uh, it, it was here as an event uh, uh, several years ago. It took a hiatus and then it came back. We brought it back and it's um, we've raised in the past uh, eight years, uh, we're nearing a quarter of a million dollars for that organization. So uh, that's been a uh, a huge success and it's gonna continue. Um, looking forward to this year, obviously you've mentioned we're in the middle of a pandemic. That's gonna be another thing that we're gonna be looking at needing to be creative with as we don't know um, come February what uh, what guidelines are gonna look like. Um, but again, we're gonna work with our students to come up with a creative solution. We've seen some dance marathons going virtual. Um, we'll see what, what this brings and have that conversation with our student leaders. Uh, we wanna continue to do the best we can with uh, with that organization and events as well, so. Well, that's wonderful. And, and it's easy. I, I asked that question just because I, I'm aware it's a big campus thing. And so yeah. that's, that's great to see that not only are they demonstrating how they can give back to our community and greater community in Minnesota, but um, I know it's another one of those examples you learn from doing, organizing, Absolutely. fundraising, making a pitch to somebody about why to support this sort of thing. And it's, it's just great experience for our students. Right, and if they do it now as a college student, guess what? They're more likely to go do it as a as a, as a contributing member of society beyond uh, their college years. And so that's kind of uh, we exist to set them up to be successful grown-ups, adults, and so that's a good experience for them. Yeah, uh, that's great. So as we turn our attention to the summer and looking ahead to the fall, um, it's going to be a different fall. Um, we're recording this on July 10th. Uh, yesterday, the governor of Minnesota, <coughs> excuse me. Um, had a press conference where he alluded to doing a, a mask, masking or face covering requirement across the state. Um, numbers are going up in, in, in Minnesota at this point. We're still working on refining what our return to learn plan is going to be. So I, those listeners that are with us today, go to the university's website and look for return to learn right on our homepage. And that'll give you the latest that we have right now. But um, we know we're gonna have some in-person and online mix of classes and everything. So how, how is the Greek 
uh, system preparing over the summer? And what do you think fall is going to look like for the Greek system? Sure. Uh, the, we're, we're awaiting some guidance from uh, public officials and from the, the university. Um, we know that there are going to be some um, considerations needing to be taken in terms of group sizes um, and events and uh, physical distancing. Um, you hear everybody say social, social distancing. I don't like that phrase. I prefer to say physical distancing because we all still need that social connection. Um, and, and these organizations will continue to help do that, um, taking into consideration physical distancing um, uh, guidelines and, and advice. Um, that's going to be one of the bigger changes. Um, uh, a lot of these groups haven't seen each other since March. Uh, these students haven't been, been together since March. Um, they're going to want to get together. Um, and we're going to try to, again, continue to provide, uh, help them have that, that personal connection, that social uh, interaction, uh, but yet trying to be smart about it too. Um, so we are uh, taking into consideration local guidance um, and best practices. I've been in conversations with other fraternity and sorority professionals across the country uh, all summer long and parts of discussion boards, um, virtual forums, um, all of that. And we're, we're working with headquarters and advisors and our student leaders to try to uh, help our students be safe um, and successful uh, and to also help model the way. Um, when we've got a group uh, the size of this community uh, this fraternity sorority community, um, they're pretty visible uh, and others uh, look to them and kind of uh, see their behavior and go, mm, maybe that's a good thing to do or maybe that's not a good thing to do. Um, but uh, we're trying to help them model the way in terms of that uh, best practice and, and, and responsible behavior. So um, taking into consideration physical uh, distancing, um, we're going to try to continue to do some of our key programs. Um, we are, we put on a leadership conference that's open to the entire student body every year and it's a cross collaborative effort. Um, that event's looking like it's going to go virtual this year. Um, we're setting up already the infrastructure to be able to um, have a keynote speaker uh, virtually and, and to host uh, breakout sessions and, and leadership development sessions um, in different breakout rooms. Um, and so we're still going to try to have some normalcy and continue our traditions. Um, but again, uh, taking into consideration the best practices and, and responsible, safe um, ways to do it. So uh, safety is paramount uh, as we talk about this. Uh, but also still trying to provide that, uh, that benefit and experience that the students really crave and look for. So that's, we are adapting to that. There's a lot of considerations still to be done. I actually have a meeting later today with our, our, our um, top four community leaders and our, our new graduate advisor to discuss some of that planning effort. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of work to still be done, but the students are, are, uh, are taking it one day at a time right now. And so I think some of the modifications that we've looked at also in terms of recruitment, recruitment is a very personal, physical thing. I mean, you're typically right in front of people. Um, and so recruitment is going to look different a little bit this year. Um, we also have uh, modified our, our sorority recruitment process to be um, more informal this year than it has been. Uh, we're taking a temporary break from the structured formal recruitment process. Um, and so the chapters will be doing more of the informal recruitment, coffee date type recruitment, um, and getting to know uh, people on an individual basis. Um, that's what's going to be uh, safe and a best practice for our organization to help them be most successful and probably help our uh, new members have the most authentic uh, experience as well with those, uh, those organizations. So a lot of changes and the students right. are, 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 are I'm proud of them. So Awesome. There's one now. That's, yep. <laughs> No worries. Well, I, I, I wish you both the best and as well as the students as you try and, and you know, adapt to the, what's challenging, right? It's a naturally a very social activity. Um, so it's going to feel and look different um, mm -hmm. this fall. 
So if, if, if one of our listeners or um, a family member um, wants to encourage their student to learn more, how can they learn more about both the recruiting process as well as the Greek system? Sure. Uh, our website is maverickfsl.com. So think Maverick Fraternity and Sorority Life, maverickfsl.com. And then we're also on all the social media channels. Um, we have an active Facebook group, Maverick FSL. We have an active Instagram page, Maverick FSL. Um, they're uh, not as active on Twitter, but Instagram, Facebook, and uh, the website are the best options. So there's uh, um, uh, an opportunity to connect with our student leaders via those uh, those channels. So they are the ones responding to those. Absolutely. You know, one of the, the questions, and, and you may not have an answer even, so that's okay here, but um, one of the questions that pops up on occasion is to participate in Greek life costs some money. Sure. You know, and, and can you give us a ballpark? What, what does that commitment look like for, on average, maybe across a sorority or a fraternity? Sure. Most of our organizations, um, they're, they're part of, uh, our fraternities and sororities are part of larger national organizations or international organizations even. So there's some cost to operating those organizations and also some of the events that they do, they cost money. Um, uh, there's insurance, there's um, uh, the resources provided by those headquarters. And so that's part of the cost. Um, the typical organization on our campus runs about three to $500 a semester um, for those membership dues. And so uh, that includes uh, oftentimes your t-shirts, your badge, your, your pin that you get as a member, um, uh, and various events throughout the course of the year. So um, we understand uh, that's another conversation that the students are having is, uh, is trying to keep that cost as affordable and accessible for students as possible this year, given uh, some of the difficulties folks are facing. So, um, and the international organizations are aware of that too. So the typical cost is about three to $500 a semester. Um, and that happens every semester that people are, are part of those organizations. Um, uh, some people uh, with other campuses might look at that and go either that, that that's a, that's a deal. Um, uh, our, our fraternity and story life doesn't have the, the, the house component necessarily yet. So um, there's not the room and board expense that comes along with that uh, on our campus. So um, none of our sororities have housing uh, at this time. Um, some of our fraternities do, but they don't have the, the, the capacity for everybody to live in. So that's one of the things that can make the experience a little bit more affordable for some of our folks is there's not that, that, that um, live-in requirement or expectation right now at this point. So, but that's something that uh, we hope to have um, more available to students as well as an option coming down the road. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in comparison, so I, I graduated in 1992 from my state university in New York. My my semester dues were 750 bucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, okay. but, but we had the house component as well, yep. so we had to help support mm -hmm. that. And so mm -hmm. to your point, it is it is apples and oranges sometimes and comparing yep. the 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 it, I'm surprised to hear it's that low, actually. So that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, there's, for some, it's the sticker shock. For some, it's like, oh, that's a deal. Okay. <laughs> so, right. But um, uh, it's uh, the, the, the funds, uh, it's a great investment. Uh, a lot of our students who join these organizations never think in a million years that they would do it before they do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and they go on to become presidents and stuff like that. I'm one of those people who never thought I would ever join a fraternity. And now I'm uh, the biggest advocate they have on campus. So um, I think that's a, uh, an experience um, that some of our our members get as they uh, they come in going, there's nah, not for me. And then they're like, yeah, that's, that's something that uh, is very beneficial on campus and helps change them. Absolutely. You know, speaking of the change, and I know our time's uh, about up here, but um, one of the things uh, I notice when I interact with a Greek life is it's pretty diverse. 
mm-hmm. actually across. And, and can you speak a little bit to the diversity you find in a Greek system? Because that's not true for every campus. Right. So uh, the organizations, they are, are welcoming of, of, of people from all kinds of backgrounds. And our students, um, uh, we have international students who are members of these organizations. We have um, uh, people from different uh, states, different socioeconomic backgrounds, different racial back- backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, political beliefs um, across, the, across the spectrum. So uh, our fraternity and sorority community uh, kind of mirrors the, the diversity of campus. Um, we have uh, a couple of organizations even that have uh, come onto campus recently in terms of historically, um, they're, they're multicultural organizations, um, culturally based organizations. Uh, and so um, none of our organizations are exclusive to any, uh, any one type of person, um, but there are groups, uh, you'll find different personalities and different focuses within our groups. And again, uh, our, our fraternity and sorority community mirrors the, uh, the great diversity of our campus as well. Yeah, it, it really is. It's pretty awesome to see that when you, you when I, every spring I get the opportunity to watch the new chapter presence be installed without fail. There's there's a student of color who's being installed mm-hmm. as a president of a chapter, um, standing there with a, a white majority, you know, a student body uh, member as well. And to see that diversity in first person, it's always awesome. Just awesome. Mm-hmm. And we've even got a we've even got a position on our councils um, as the students realized that our, our our campus and community is becoming more diverse. Uh, they want to develop partnerships and be intentional about that. So we have officers who help us uh, within our our fraternity and sorority community who help with some of that outreach um, to areas of campus where uh, ten years ago there may not have been at that outreach necessarily. And so um, there's definitely a, a concerted effort to actually focus on that and to help all students feel like they can have get value out of the experience. Absolutely. John, I, I can't thank you enough for carving out some time to be with us today. I want to give you kind of the last word here. Any last pieces of wisdom or advice you'd want to give to uh, the families and any students might be listening as they get ready for fall? Sure. I think, uh, as we know, we're in a different time right now. Uh, and I think the biggest thing I can encourage is to, to yes, focus on your academic success, but also try to make a connection with the university. Um, the, the things, hopefully our students walk away from here with a degree, but they're also gonna walk away with an experience. Um, and it's oftentimes those experiences outside the classroom that are the things that we look back on and remember most fondly. And it's oftentimes the people who help make that experience. So um, while some of our students are gonna be having virtual experiences, we hope a lot of our students are able to have some in-person and, and experiences as well this fall. Um, but take the opportunity to make some connections with people. Um, they're going to maybe be the ones who make you want to stay here, who make you want to graduate and persist, um, and, and who help you have that, that college experience. So uh, that's the biggest advice I can have is, or give is to, to try to make that connection, step outside the shell. Sometimes it's gonna, uh, it might be a little scary, but uh, it can help kick off the year and your college experience in a great way. Uh, well said. Absolutely well said. Listeners, again, thank you so much for spending another time, a little bit more time with us on another episode here. And John, thank you for all the work you're doing, your time here today. And and uh, I sure hope some folks reach out with additional questions. And um, uh, we'll, I'll make sure that URL gets posted with this uh, video and audio as well. Um, our listeners, we've got a couple more episodes coming up as we're getting closer to the start of the fall. Uh, again, thank you so much for carving out some time and uh, stay safe. Thanks, everybody.